Hello everyone, welcome back to From the Front Row, brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. My name is Alexis Clark, and I'm your host. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We're a student-run podcast that talks about major issues in public health and how they are relevant to anyone, both in and out of the field of public health. On this episode, we will continue our discussion on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how the University of Iowa College of Public Health addresses these topics in decision-making. Dr. Chirazi is an alum from the College of Public Health's Epidemiology PhD program, and now Associate Dean for Academic Affairs and is a clinical associate professor still at the University of Iowa. She also is the newly appointed chair for the College of Public Health's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. Dr. Gilbert obtained his PhD in health behavior from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and is currently an associate professor in the Community and Behavioral Department. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having us. So before we get into our topic, I just wanted to give you both the opportunity to introduce yourselves and explain your background. Maggie, would you like to go first? Sure. Thank you again for for allowing this opportunity to to speak with you. As you noted, I'm currently serving as the college's associate dean for academic affairs. I'm relatively new to this position, um, having started, let's see, last year on November 1st, so not, not quite fully a year yet. Previously, I served as our college's founding director for our undergraduate program in public health. So I'm not new to sort of the administration in the college. The Associate Dean for Academic Affairs is responsible for providing leadership and support really in all areas related to student success, which can include things like overall academic planning and assessment, accreditation, instructional learning and support, curriculum development, and and really lots of other areas. But a new area of accountability for this role of associating for academic affairs is to serve as the point person to ensure the implementation and sustained success of our college's DEI goals across the different units um, and departments that we have in the college. And I'm Dr. Paul Gilbert. As you said, I'm on faculty here in our Department of Community and Behavioral Health. I formerly served as the chair of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee before Dr. Tarazi took the lead on that this last year. And I have always gravitated towards these sort of issues. A large part of my research has been uh, focused on disparities, trying to understand how they happen and what might be intervention points. My primary area of research is alcohol use, use of treatment services when there is a problem and pathways to recovery. And a lot of that, I I look at things like gender disparities, racial ethnic disparities, and sexual orientation disparities. So it was kind of a natural fit for me to step up. I had been involved on the DEI committee and to step up to lead it, especially during our period of drafting the strategic plan. Dr. Gilbert, with your different research interests and your experience with that, has that helped you when serving in different roles in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion? You know, I I would say yes, but there was so much more to learn. Yes, it helped me because I was already familiar with the issue of equity and knew something about disparities in health outcomes, at least. But what I knew from my research and 
and other work was primarily what's going on in the population at large, shifting the focus to academia and you know, the university setting and training in public health was actually new. And I felt like there was a bit of a learning curve to understand just how the college works, how training in public health works more broadly. So I think it, it actually makes great sense that Dr. Tarazi, as the Associate Dean for Academic Affairs, leads our DEI efforts. It dovetails so nicely with that higher level view of our, our educational mission in academia. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think it says a lot that the College of Public Health is is allowing her to serve in that role to make sure that when making decisions, diversity, equity, and inclusion is being brought to the table. Dr. Gilbert, since you did really play a vital role in creating the strategic plan, can you tell us how the College of Public Health's DEI committee was first started and what motivated the College of Public Health to develop this committee? Yeah, I'd be happy to. First off, I should say it was it was definitely not my all effort on of my own effort. It was a group project, group endeavor all along, everything. And to be honest, I don't know when exactly the DEI committee was formed. It was already a standing committee in the college when I got here in 2015. Um, and as a standing committee, it's one of the regular ones that meets that draws on students and staff and faculty among the members. And the general charge of the committee is to improve both the environment and our activities, you know, related to inclusion, collaboration, um, you know, making sure that everybody here who's associated with the, the College of Public Health, you know, has the opportunity to, to thrive, that they're not just getting through or getting by, but but we have a culture and a context here, an environment that that really supports people and helps them thrive, as I said. In terms of a little bit of background, though, in fall of 2018, we decided to draft a strategic plan as a way to kind of give ourselves a jump start on DEI issues. And the college all along has always had strategic plans, but we felt like we needed to catch up a bit. The field of public health at large, and especially academic public health, was moving more to the direction of acknowledging that this is something we need to explicitly work on. It's not just, you know, our typical classes, the core classes that we take in, say, epidemiology or policy or biostatistics, but there's more that we need to be doing in, in our academic context. And we hadn't had a plan specifically about DEI. So from the DEI committee at large, a subgroup got together and we spent really a full year looking at best practices, at models from other schools of public health, from our peer institutions, looking to what they're doing. We reviewed a lot of data that we have from the campus at large, surveys of students and staff and faculty about the environment that helped us to pinpoint where we need to take action and what sort of action we might need. We went through a, a really um, deep and comprehensive and iterative process. And at the end of it, we had a plan with three overarching objectives. And then within each objective, a number of sub objectives. And then within those action steps. And in the end, I think we had probably close to 30 distinct action steps that we were going to take. 
And then we spent the, the year after that, the 2019-2020 school year, revising it, getting input, editing it, making sure that we had in not just involvement, but the buy-in from key stakeholders in the college. One of our principles in coming up with the plan, too, was that it, it wasn't going to be just the DEI committee or any particular individual or role, but this had to be a broad effort that involved everybody at multiple levels and in different capacities that we were all in on on our plan for for DEI. And then starting in the 2020-2021 school year, that's when we began implementing our action steps, really working on the nuts and bolts of what we were going to do. And then just at the end of this last summer, we published our first report. And this was part of the strategic plan that we should have an annual report of our activities, you know, for accountability, for transparency. So that is now available on our our website, on the college website, and we distributed it new student orientation. So folks coming into the college would be aware of what uh, had been going on. And this is going to be an ongoing process. Uh, Some objectives were easy to complete. Others we knew were long-term prospects that we're going to be working on for a while. And eventually, our long-term idea is that this separate DEI strategic plan will no longer be necessary. It'll be folded into our college's comprehensive and overarching strategic plan. It'll just be a a part of it. But in the meantime, leading up to that, this is, as I said, our our jumpstart or maybe a kick in the pants that we gave ourselves to get things going. And you know what, I should stop here and see if Dr. Trazi, if you have anything else you want to add to that. Thanks, Paul, for that overview and and description. I think it's also, you know, when we're talking about our our annual report, really important to thank not only Paul and his role in the committee and directing that and pulling the strategic plan together, but also our communications team. So big shout out to Dan McMillan and Deb Bensky for the work that they did in partnership with a a graphic designer to to pull all this together to achieve one of our, our goals of increasing transparency through this annual report. You know, for me, I think, um, you know, what were we hoping to achieve by, by creating this report or, you know, what, were, what was my mindset, at least, in thinking about the distribution of the report? We really wanted to create a collegiate document of, you know, the activities that our college has engaged in the past year to, you know, identify key areas of progress. I think all the while recognizing that this is ongoing work, as as Paul has said. So our primary audience in in drafting this report was really our CPH community members, students, staff, faculty, alumni, other partners. But you know, we'll also be sharing this report for other leaders and, and DEI partners across campus because we recognize that as this is ongoing work and, and as we make progress in some of our key areas, we can learn a lot from others on campus about the the work that they're doing and and sort of synergize that effort. As we're disseminating the annual report now, I think, you know, I'm I'm sort of tempering my my expectations. On the one hand, being relatively new to the DEI committee in my new role as associate dean, I I really do want to celebrate the progress that the college has made and the commitment that the college has made to integrating DEI across our core missions of, of research, education, and engagement. And that's really 
visible and apparent, I think, in our strategic plan. But I also, on the other hand, want to recognize, again, that this is ongoing work. And as Paul has suggested, you know, we can check off some of the boxes that are already in our plan and think what the next steps are for those areas. But in others, we've been sort of slow to move. And so I am really excited, I think, in my role to be able to bring the different units and departments together in the college to continue to move our strategic plan forward. And the annual report is just one way to document some of that work that's been done behind the scenes. Thank you for that. Just going off, Dr. Shirazi, your new role with being an associate dean and also the chair of this committee, what do you hope to accomplish by the end of your tenure in relation to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Great question. So as I, as I mentioned in my previous response, the, the overarching goal for the college in thinking about DEI is really to integrate DEI into those three core missions of, of research, education, and engagement, and, and to do so in an atmosphere of sort of mutual respect and authenticity. I think in essence, you know, we want to create an environment in which all students, staff, and faculty feel valued, feel safe and are encouraged to bring their whole selves to school and to to work. The the DEI strategic plan provides a roadmap for us to sort of continue on that journey of of achieving those goals. And the DEI committee certainly has, I'd say, primary accountability or primary responsibility in a few key areas within the strategic plan. I think in the next year, we'll see that the DEI committee will be prioritizing work as it relates to a review of our curricula across the various programs to ensure that all students uh, in the college receive DEI-focused content and training, and that recognizing that this will likely lead to curricular revision, and then that will need to support our faculty during this process. So, you know, just by enacting that curricular review, we've sort of started a snowball of activity for the college and that review process is is kicking off and is is underway. And I'm also currently working with staff from the Center for Teaching and faculty who teach our uh, MPH core courses to pilot a DEI and teaching practice series. Uh, that focuses on inclusive and anti-racist pedagogies. And all of that has sort of been generated by the DEI committee's conversation around infusion of DEI content and skills in our curriculum. So that curricular focus is certainly going to be one major priority, especially this fall. I think another area of focus for the DEI committee traditionally, and and one that I see continuing forward in, in time, is that The DEI committee has really worked to foster participation by students, staff, and faculty in various co-curricular learning opportunities around DEI. So, you know, for example, we host three spotlight events each semester. We just hosted one today. And if I'm looking at my calendar, we have two more events coming up on October 6th and November 1st which are DEI committee-sponsored spotlight events. So I think there's lots of different ways that we could encourage folks to to participate in these types of activities, both skill building and sort of social network building events, both in and out of the classroom. So I see those as two major areas of focus for the committee. 
But as Paula said, I think what I appreciate most about our strategic plan is that if you review it, you will see that there are accountabilities across multiple different units. And so, you know, following up outside of the DEI committee with leaders in those units will be a, a critical role for me in the next year. I think it's important to note again that the highlighting of curricular focus is going to be extremely vital to that new up and coming class of public health workforce, because what you all are trying to do is train us in a way that has never been done before, really, you know, making sure that diversity, equity, and inclusion is included in all of our training programs, I think is going to be essential for us to be successful moving forward. I agree wholeheartedly. I think with that observation, Alexis, is one of the things that we're certainly hearing from, you know, future employers of our students that we're hearing from alumni, um, sort of the critical need uh, for skill building and awareness for cultural humility and recognizing that in, in public health practice, we are increasingly serving a diverse community and that we need to also support DEI in the public health workforce. So this next question, I invite either of you to answer or both of you to provide. For the listeners that haven't had a chance to read over the report yet, can you provide an overview of some of the key points or takeaways from this report? Well, sure. I could give you a a brief summary of our three major areas in our strategic plan. The first is to enhance educational offerings related to DEI. So that's where the action step, like Dr. Trazi talked about, doing the curriculum review, um, looking for content and where we need to revise things or improve things. Um, That's where that, that area falls. But that's broadly speaking around our educational mission and improving that in light of our DEI uh, issues. The second broad area is to recruit and retain and advance a diverse community within the college. So that means both students and staff and faculty, that it's not just that we, you know, recruit folks to come to the College of Public Health, but that they are successful in whatever path that they're on, you know, getting to a degree and graduating and going off into careers or advancing in their their careers as staff or faculty within the college. And as a bit of an aside, I'll I'll tell you, when we started this process, I had a bit of an aha moment that was, I thought, helpful in thinking about this reframing or reordering the, the letters, essentially. And what struck me is that when we pay attention to things like equity and inclusion, and by that I mean the barriers that some people may face that others don't um, to participation, and I should say full participation in collegiate activities, whether in the classroom, in the building at large, in their careers, whatever their jobs may be, that when we pay attention to things like, you know, unequal access, those inequities, and when we attend to inclusion, you know, making sure that everybody is feeling valued and able to participate to the extent that they want, then we will naturally have diversity. And a lot of times people start with that D. And before DEI became the the go-to acronym, a lot of the field was focused just on diversity initiatives. And how do we diversify our classroom or our syllabus or our committee or our meeting or whatever it may be. But really, when we take it in a different order, diversity will be the end result but we have to first pay attention to to those equity issues, those inclusion issues. 
So that that's the sort of second major area of our strategic plan. And then the third is really around accountability and transparency that we wanted to, to strengthen the collegiate processes around DEI. And one of the examples of that is the annual report that we are now providing. So every year we'll, we'll do a, a report back to the whole college and anybody else else outside the college who may be interested so that we can uh, be accountable saying what we've done, maybe what we haven't done yet, what's in progress, even what has failed. Although I don't think we've had any failures yet, but I think that's important to have a structure in place that we're not dependent on any individuals. This is sort of a theme that you may be seeing that we're, we're spreading this broadly, but it's not just, you know, people and, and, limited to, to particular roles, but setting up the whole structure of the college so that this is in place and we can rely on that rather than, uh, you know, people who may come and go or there's turnover with students coming and graduating or staff uh, and faculty coming or going. So anything else you'd like to add, Dr. Trazi? Yeah, I think just two things that I'm, I'm particularly thrilled about or excited to share that are, are also updates, I think, to, to what we've shared in our, our annual report as it relates to that third strategic objective of sort of strengthening the administrative structures and enhancing transparency. So really excited that the news has been shared this week with our college. And I think by the time this episode airs, we will have in place a new manager of DEI activities in the college. Liz Lara will be joining the College of Public Health, and her primary responsibility will actually be student-facing, supporting sort of our our student-related mission and activities in these areas and and being another avenue for which our students can also provide feedback and, and get support. So really excited that Liz will be joining us and that the college has dedicated resources to this position. And I think the other, you know, thing that I'm, you know, things that happen behind the scenes that aren't always immediately evident to everybody in our collegiate community, but that has an impact in research and in teaching and engagement, our collegiate faculty council has worked to develop questions or a, a series of questions for faculty to reflect on during the time of their annual review as it relates to sort of a summary of their DEI-related activities and goals, not just thinking about how sort of maybe they've participated in in training opportunities like the build workshop here on campus, but also reflecting on how they may have integrated DEI into their research, teaching, service, their professional activities. And, um, you know, I think the, the significance of this is that it opens up a space for department chairs and faculty to have these conversations and to reflect on the importance of DEI across our mission. And this is just one small way that we can dedicate that that time and space to do that with the annual review process. Thank you both for providing those major takeaways and where we're headed. So with that being said, I'm sure there had to be some barriers or challenges that you both and the committee have faced while addressing diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you share some of those challenges? Yeah, I'd be happy to. A a couple of things come to mind right away. And the first one is that there is a lot of information to try and digest and distill. And I'm thinking back to that first year of our planning process where we were 
you know, searching for best practices, reading up on, you know, issues, looking to our peer institutions, looking at our own data. There was just a whole lot to try and take in and uh, figure out, you know, where are our, our priorities? What do we need to do? Uh, coming up with our tailored plan, that, that, that was quite a hurdle. There was a bit more than, than what I expected in terms of being overwhelmed by, by the information there. And I, I can just add one thing. I think in the conversations that I've had, you know, in the last six or so months, and certainly conversations that I had when we were building the undergraduate program a few years ago, I think one of the challenges has been helping others to recognize the role that they play in supporting the success of these goals that the college has as outlined in our, our DEI strategic plan. So where is our, our individual opportunity to contribute and, and recognizing that you know joining the DEI committee might be one way, but there are things and actions and you know, things we could do, actions we can take, things we can reflect on on our day-to-day jobs. And I think that's maybe one of the the challenges that I am experiencing now. And it's not a, a barrier, but just something to to be aware of that we all sort of have have a, a role to play and helping people to to recognize how they they might contribute in their day-to-day. If I could add one more thought, this is something that was a counterbalance to maybe any barriers. We've had great leadership, I think, in Dean Parker for DEI efforts. She has made this a priority um, for the committee, for the college as a whole, for the department chairs at all levels. She's really been a strong force supporting this and pushing us forward and saying we need to, to do this. So for all the barriers that we may have found in whatever way, we've also got great support from high up in our, our leadership here in Dean Parker. Yeah, I echo that entirely, Paula. I just wanted to, to say, I, I think one of the things that has been good to see is that, you know, resources, not just, you know, our time, but financial resources have and, and space to have these conversations, whether it's a standing update at our executive committee meetings or the spotlight events, you know, we've created the time and the space and provided resources or the Dean has to, to achieve these goals. And so it's great to see that we, we have a plan with, you know, action steps to achieve our goals over time and that there are resources dedicated by the college to achieving those. Thank you both, both for that. From a student's perspective, I think one of the coolest things that I've seen, and this is just a mere, a mere perspective as someone that has not went to any of the DEI committee meetings, but the fact is that you do have a table full of not only leadership, but also student service personnel, researchers, different academia, evaluating how important this is for for the future. So I think that screams volumes. Our last question for today is a question we like to ask on a majority of our podcasts. What is one thing you thought you knew but we're later wrong about. There's no limitations to this answer. That is a great question. Uh, boy, let me think for a moment. There must be so many things that I thought I knew and, and was wrong about. Since we've been talking about the strategic plan, the DEI strategic plan, I think one 
thing. I went into it thinking that, oh, this is going to be pretty straightforward. We'll be able to knock something out, you know, by the end of this academic year, when really it, it, it pretty much took us a full two years or twice as long as I had expected to go through this whole process and, and get the buy-in, get everybody on board, get it approved and ready to start implementing. I think I, I envision just uh, charging ahead a little quicker, uh, but I'm really glad that we took the time that we did. I think it's a really well-crafted plan and that was necessary. So that that's one thing that comes to mind quickly that I was wrong about the, the time that it would take to, to go through this process. I'm I'm, la- I'm sitting here laughing at myself, but and just a recognition of where we are now, 18 months um, into this COVID pandemic. First off, you know, congratulations to anybody who's listening to this podcast and, and made it to where they are today. Whether you're a student who started class successfully this semester, or a faculty member who's getting back into the classroom, or somebody in our public health workforce who continues to to do the work every day. 18 months into this pandemic and teaching online, I thought I knew how to run a Zoom meeting, (laughs) but I'm not sure I do. So yeah, I think I'm still learning how to engage in this this new space of in-person and online and work-life balance. It's those Zoom updates. Every month you get a new update and every month something's different. So I'm still learning with you, I would say. Well, thank you both for coming onto the show today. I know this is a very important topic and I really appreciate that you both were willing to come on and discuss what the University of Iowa College of Public Health is doing to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion within the college. Alexis, thank you for inviting me. And I wanna say, I think this is really indicative of the broad interest that you're devoting a podcast episode to this topic. And I also just have to close by saying I'm a a fan of the podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation, Alexis. That's it for our episode this week. Big thanks to Dr. Tarazi and Dr. Gilbert for coming on with us today. This episode was hosted, written, edited, and produced by Alexis Clark. You can learn more about the University of Iowa College of Public Health on Facebook. Our podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please share it with your colleagues. Our team can be reached at cph-gradambassador at uiowa.edu. This episode was brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Stay happy, stay healthy, and keep learning.